Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It is 106 in Edmonton Hour number two of Oilers Now. And Scott Housen, longtime Oilers executive, former Columbus GM, now the incoming president of the American Hockey League. Join us in the first hour of the show. A lot of discussion on sports documentaries as well. We are going to continue down that path in hour number two. For the horses and horse racing in Alberta, who will be back up and running when the province has them back up and running, Mark Spector in 29 seconds time. We will also hear from both Dave Campbell, from uh, 630 Chad, the Eskimos uh, radio analyst, and Ian Herbers, former Oiler player and coach, now the head coach at uh, the University of Alberta. Second hour of Oilers now brought to you by Digitex. We wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can text us and we'll get back to some more texts on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline at 780-496-0063. We welcome back to the show Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector. Hello, Spec. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Bobby, what's going on, man? Well, we're going to hit on two different themes. We're going to talk a bit about sports documentaries, and then we're going to talk uh, a bit about the 2006 run and the significance of today's date. But uh, we will start uh, with sports doc. I, I, I be- You've been watching Last Dance, right? Yeah, I think I'm caught up to the ones. I'm watching on Netflix, so I'm caught up to the ones they've released thus far. Have they released the end of it yet? No. That'll be yeah. uh, Monday next week. And, and they were they, they accelerated the, the launch date on this, right, because of what was happening with COVID-19. What are you, so you've seen the first eight episodes. What are your thoughts on it so far? Um, you know, the – I mean, he, Jordan's a, such a vocal leader. You know, we've had in certainly around the Edmonton Oilers teams that you and I have covered, uh, I don't see, you know, uh, Wayne Gretzky was never the kind of guy that would challenge people that way. Connor McDavid is by all accounts not the kind of leader that would challenge people that way. I think there's a different, there surely is for sure a different culture. Yes. In basketball than there is in hockey, you know, and, and however you want to slice that up. Different sport, uh, different types of guys. You know, uh, African-American guys against a bunch of Canadian kids. Um, you know, they're just they're completely different cultures. And I'm finding the look inside 
of that. You know, Scotty Pippen's an interesting cat, right? Uh, he's a quiet, soft-spoken guy. Uh, with the fire burns pretty bright inside. So I'm finding it quite interesting to, to look inside the Bulls and how all those different personalities mesh. Um, one of the conversation points that Jack Michaels and myself had last Friday, Spec, was the portrayal of Jerry Krause because he's not there to defend himself. He's gone. He's passed away. Um, now, that being said, you and me are of the believers that the, the, the manager and the coach that's got the best players usually is in the best position, and especially in basketball, given how many minutes the top-end players can play. Yeah. Like you mentioned McDavid, he plays over 22 minutes, and he's got other coaches in the league criticizing that course of action. Uh, but in basketball, it was not uncommon for the best players in the league to play 36 to 40 minutes a game. So the, the players are they're in the show in basketball. There is no debate about that. That said, Krause isn't there to defend himself as to what he was trying to do. And I know it, certainly in the first couple of episodes, there were some people that were a little taken aback at, uh, you know, sort of the complete uh, almost lack of respect the players had. Now, he's, he's sort of a unique-looking person or was a unique-looking person. <laughs> a little different than the average basketball player, is that what you're saying? Yeah, Very or, short or, and rather rotund. Yeah, like, I mean... <laughs> Right, so I mean, he's kind of built like Diego Maradona today, you know. So it's it, it, it's just kind of I don't know, like that. That's one of the things that I, I mean, the level of intensity that Jordan played with, um, and he, frankly, Mark, the other thing that I really like about it is how raw and honest it is. Like they they talk in the documentary the way guys in sport talk. You know what? Yeah, I mean? they do, and and they, you know what? They're again, they're so much more forthright, like. You know, I've I've done a lot of, you know, I wrote the Battle of Alberta. I went back with a whole bunch of guys to talk about things that happened basically 20, 25 years ago. And, you know, with the, with the sense of time that's passed, guys spoke more honestly and told some stories that they hadn't told before. But none of them spoke with the frankness that Michael Jordan is speaking with, with the frankness that, well, I mean, Dennis Rodman, he's a completely different guy, but right. you know, no one opened up and, and laid it bare the way MJ's doing in this documentary. I mean, you had, you know, you, you watched all the oil change, and you probably saw some of the footage and oil change that no one else even saw, Bob, but yes. guys didn't play for the camera in that orders dressing room the way they did during this Bulls thing. Yeah, yeah there's no question about that. Uh it's it's been interesting i mean even the stuff with isaiah thomas like you, you just get the yeah. sense that even to this day jordan doesn't like him and that's just the way it is but jordan's held grudges here there's guys that he still doesn't like and he's happy to say so you yeah know, no problem right <laughs> like there's a point i don't know if I, I saw it on the internet this morning i don't know if it's been up there yet where uh, LeBron James basically says that his team that won in Cleveland was the greatest team of all time. And Jordan's laughing out loud. I mean, he is laughing out loud at the fact that a guy like LeBron could call himself the best player and his team that won one in Cleveland could be the best of all time. You know, Gretz would never laugh like that out loud. He might laugh inside, but he would laugh in front of a camera. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I mean Wayne, would defer to, Wayne would say Gordie Howe's the greatest player of all time. There you go. Right. Who do you th who do you th like? Do you think Jordan's the best player of all time, or do you think uh, LeBron is? Oh, I'll take Jordan over LeBron. Me too. Yeah. Oh yeah, all day. But all I got to tell you, bef bef you know, and maybe it's a recency bias, but before this documentary, 
I thought it was closer than it was. And now that I've seen this, and and then I sit there and go, well, you know, Jordan was a 10-time scoring champion. LeBron won one. You know, <laughs> Jordan <laughs> won six six titles uh, and massively helped explode and grow the game. And Jordan defers to the likes of uh, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. It, it's been real. It's been really interesting. And I don't want to for the listeners right now listening to Oilers now. You've got to see uh, episode eight. The conclusion to it is, is it's put it this way. Watch it alone. That's all I'm going to say to you. Just watch it alone. Not around your kids. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Kids or anything like that. It's it, it could be a pretty tough watch. So it's it's some intra it's some interesting stuff. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. Spec, um, you mentioned oil change, but there was another documentary done about the Oilers that was way ahead, years ahead of its time. Boys in the Bus in 1987. I mean, the the camera work that was it, it was state of the art for that time frame. In, in in you know the 86 87 season. It was a story of redemption for the Oilers after what had happened with Steve Smith. Your network played the 87 championship series on over the last uh, two weeks. It was a spectacular, well-done sports documentary at a time in which there were not a lot of sports documentaries out there, Mark. Yeah, we've. that's, I think, it. I think that back then, like, to get that kind of access was, a, it was unheard of, man. You, you know, they had the camera on the bus and in the room and, talking to all these guys and those off these conversations. And I remember when Boys in the Bus came out, we were all like, wow, this is state-of-the-art. <laughs> now you pull out the old VCR and watch it. That's how state-of-the-art it is, Bob. <laughs> we're getting old, Mark. Did you, uh, what did you think of, did you see all of uh, O.J. Made in America, which was also on ESPN 30 for 30? Not all of it, no. Parts of it only. Yeah, it was, you know, I mean, a, a good a good documentary educates. There, there's no question about that. Um uh, did you see the the two Escobars, or you don't know Bo, or King's Ransom, or nine point seven nine, or any of those other ESPN thirty for thirties? Uh, I saw. I've seen a few of the thirty for thirties. I saw the one on the Miami uh, uh, football the U? program. Yeah, yeah, and I saw a very interesting one. I thought on um, on the death penalty. Um, what was it? Uh, what's the school? I'm oh, oh school. Uh, SMU Mustangs. SMU yeah. Mustangs. Thank you. I thought that was a fascinating thirty for thirty. So, oh, for sure, they do such a good job with those face, Bobby. Yeah, you know, and and uh, they're just they're, this ESPN. They're, they're pros. They're they're great TV people. They know what to do. And they're going to put it out. I'm probably going to watch it. Yeah, well, in the case of Last Dance, I think the plan initially was to interview 250 people, and they got down to 106. And that's the right. other thing we should always remember is the amount of money that is put into this. And it's, you know, it's it's kind of like CBC. CBC always had, when I worked behind the scenes, Mark, 25 years ago now, doing graphics and stats, the CBC show was different than the, than the regional shows. You know what I mean? Like there was just way more money put into all the various different areas. And as a result, because they had those resources, in theory could provide you with a, a better caliber. I really did like King's Ransom, which Peter Berg did. Um, huh? 
He was in, I believe he was in, bat, no, he wasn't in Bad Lieutenant. What was the one that he was in with Linda Fiorentino? Somebody can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, her, she should have been a bigger star than she was. She was also in Vision Quest. Uh, but anyways, the King's Ransom, Peter Berg produced that with Wayne Gretzky. And I thought it did a great job of sort of encapsulating the time frame and what Wayne meant uh, to the growth of hockey in the States. It was, I thought it was exceptionally well done. All right, mm-hmm. so Mark, I got a question for you. We had this discussion a bit with Scott Housen. Um, would it make sense or would it just be too Oilers-centric to sort of follow up sort of boys in the bus and maybe do something about the the sort of time frame in which the Edmonton Investors Group uh, had the team from 1998, where Cal Nichols and his group, you know, saved the team from bankruptcy and got through the 0405 lockout, and then Edmonton became kind of a half team, went to the Stanley Cup final in 0506, and then ultimately sold to Daryl Cates, uh, who helped push through for a new building. And uh, man, we're lucky we got that thing done now, especially given what you know the worldwide oh state. You know what I mean? Timing's everything. Uh, but do you, do you think that? I think that'd be a pretty. I, I've had some people actually. I'd like to know what people think about that. Like, is that something you would watch? Sort of a '98 to '08 uh, retrospective on you know what transpired, what went down, the challenge because the team was on the ropes for a couple of those years, especially in the late '90s, early 2000s. Well, I think you could, you know, I would look at this through the eyes of, like, sometimes I get approached to someone says, hey, why don't you write a book on this? I used to book on that. And, you know, this is one of those ones that it would be a fascinating read or documentary. I think it would, you know, if you could really get inside and, and talk to that, you know, sit down all of those owners individually and, and you know, all the players and, and really get dig deep inside, sure. I think it would be fascinating. But... Fascinating for Oilers Nation and Oilers Nation only. Is the guy in Toronto going to watch that? You know, am I, are you going to sell that documentary nationally? Probably not. Am I, if I wrote a book on that, am I going to sell any books outside of Northern Alberta? Mm, you know, I'm not sure. You know, I'd like to read the book and I'd yep. like to see the doc, but they're expensive to make those things, man. And those things have to get ratings, and that would be my only question. Well, I mean, yeah, absolutely, right? I, you know, it's interesting. TSN. Uh, the other network put out a, uh, you know, the, the best teams of all time. And obviously Montreal, you know, I got like 19 Hall of Famers. So they're going to have the best team. And there's a debate between whether or not Edmonton or Toronto's the second best team. And I'm like, have the Maple Leafs been to a Stanley Cup final in the last 50 years? Of course, yeah, no. What, no. I'll tell you, so, I like Vancouver's team a lot. When I looked at that Vancouver team, I thought that was one of the uh, And the Winnipeg team was a really, really good team. There, there, no, there's some, there's some good teams, but... I'm like, how can you, like, so Toronto, when you were in the original six days, uh, yeah, and I guess you had to be, you know, one of one of the best 120 players in the world, but there was nobody coming from Europe. There was no uh, yeah. development USA hockey at that time. Your players did not train 11 and a half months a year. And what have the Leafs done in the last 50 years? I mean, maybe they've been unlucky that they haven't, they've been in the wrong division or whatever. And it just reinforces how fortunate we've been at Edmonton to watch a team go to seven Stanley Cup championships, you know, and be in seven finals. Uh, I'm, not, the... I'm not sure there's a sport that that, trend, that makes it more difficult to transcend the decades in hockey. You know, yeah. just how much it's how much faster it is, how differently it's played, how, right. you know, Cy Denemy and Musi Lawan were clearly the best players of their eras, but... 
Oh my goodness! Like it's, they're almost barely playing the same sport when you look back at those films. I'm here to tell you that that a very average team in 2020, a very average NHL team, would beat the heck out of you know most of the best teams. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you know, they're that much faster now. The kids are faster. The skills are better. The goalies are way better. You know, I don't think I get what they're doing. Craig Button did a hell of a job with that whole thing. He always does. He always does. He's such a smart eye for hockey, but trying to pick like it's easier with picking the Oilers team, Bob, because the Oilers started basically in the eighties. It's hard picking the least team because you've got to include guys from 1942, that's almost impossible. Yeah, no, it's it's a t- it's a tough one, and again, I think it makes us realize, you know, how fortunate we've been in Edmonton to to have had the kind of, even though there's been some brutal years, and yeah, the teams missed the playoffs twelve out of thirteen uh, seasons. Obviously, we're headed to the playoffs this year. Maybe we'll see a resumption. Maybe we won't. Who knows at this stage of the game? Mark Spector joining us for the horses and horse racing Alberta, and when they get the go ahead, they'll be back up and at them out at Century Mile. All right, Mark, let's switch focus. For for a second on this date and let me ask you this because you know i've got a pretty good memory mm-hmm. after the first two games of the 2006 series between edmonton and san jose in which san jose won both games down in southern california or northern california did you think that the Oilers had a chance to win that series uh let me think that through i gotta go back you know i know this i know the Oilers were very confident they weren't worried about it at all uh, hey, listen, I'll admit to you that being a – I'm a regular reporter. I'm not a fan. The team gets down 2 nothing. They don't usually win. Um, and then even it – was it the third game was the Horkoff goal? The yes. Overtime game? Yes. Yeah. So it wasn't like they won that game three for fun. <laughs> so, sure, you know, I'll give it to you. I was, I was – I thought it was a pretty good chance. Remember, they were an eighth seed – uh, they had beaten Detroit, which was, you know, a lot of times that's all you get. You beat that one seed, and then, it, you know, that was you just spent your uh, bankroll. So, sure, Bob, after coming down to nothing, I didn't give them a huge chance to win that series. Did you? Uh, I, I thought they could, yeah. Uh, like, I didn't think the old three team could win. When they played Dallas, I mean, I, I remember we had Jake Daniels at the at the station at that time, and he'd said the Oilers were going. to. I was like, no way, they don't beat Dallas. They're wrong for Dallas. They were right for Detroit, and uh, you know they need they had to get Game Three. They got Game Three, and then you know down three one in Game Four, which was on this date in two thousand six, and then they scored five point five straight goals. And at the point that they you know they rung off those goals, I, I remember Rexall Place. It was a madhouse. Like I, I, people were damn near delirious. Spec. Like I think some some of the fans were in shock, and I think some of the fans that were there were starting to think these guys might be able to do this here. Like, the, the, okay, there, there's not top end elite superstar talent up front, but lines one through four are really good. They have Pronger uh, and Jason Smith, which was an excellent pairing. And then, obviously, Roley and goal. Like, I think people started to, to me, that was the game where there was a sense of belief that this was more than just a one-off upset against the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, that's that's fair. That, that when they, they came back and, and really won that series going away, well, they did against San Jose. And they didn't have much trouble with Anaheim, right? 
They just have to uh, stay healthy, Mark. They just have yeah, to stay healthy. Just had to stay healthy to beat Anaheim. Had no trouble there. And then uh, I think, you know, it's like Ethan Morrow said the other day. He said for him it was plain and simple. Rowley stays healthy, and they win that Stanley Cup against Carolina. And I won't disagree with that. You know, they were on their way. Uh, I thought they were going to win the first game. They probably could have got a split or something. Uh, in the end, with their backup goalie, they got to seven games. I'm going to say that somewhere along the way, Dwayne Rollison wins an extra game in that series. That's not yep. unfair to say that. 100% agree with you. Hey, by the way, Mark, I asked, uh, can anybody remember the movie that Peter Berg and Linda Fiorentino were in? It was The Last Seduction in 1994. Thank you to Glenn the Bartender. Bartender's I hope always. Glenn the bartender can get back to work pretty quick, Bob. I wouldn't mind well, visiting Glenn the bartender one of yeah, these days. I, I'm with you, and we all <laughs> we we all know bartenders that know a lot more than they let on that they know. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Like basically every haunt that I go to, I'll use an old fashioned term. There were bartenders. Geez, I once knew a guy at Moe's Sports Parlor Spec that used to play a game called uh, Stump the Stoffer Trivia, uh, mm-hmm. and he thought he was a bit of a know it all too. And Moe's. Yeah, and he bluffed his way uh, on to, uh, well, some would say bigger and better things, but others would debate that. <laughs> All right. Hey, it was uh, it was fun here, Mark. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, ha- we'll have at her next Tuesday, okay? All right. Hang in there, Bobby. You bet. That is Mark Spector again for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Uh, this one comes in uh, saying, I'd love to see another documentary done, uh, like you say, from the 08, I would uh, wait and bring it through maybe to 2021, condense the first part, roll in over what happened to hopefully this year if we finish it off with a Stanley Cup championship run. I- I'm saying, like, what about 98 to 08? Uh, this text comes in. I would watch Bob, always interested in behind-the-scenes stuff, especially when it comes to the orders. Well, you're listening to a show called Orders now. Uh... This day in Leafs history, they don't even have to stretch back to make the stories from the distant memory. Boring. <laughs> What? Are you, are you saying I'm boring, or are you saying this day in Leafs history is boring? Uh, this t- he also adds, Jordan was a hot dog. See, I, I don't think Jordan was a hot dog. I think he was an incredibly driven player. Uh, Tyler in Drayton Valley says, Bob, I'm curious to how effective LeBron James would have been in the big boy era of basketball. Jordan is the greatest player to ever play the game, and it's not even close. That one comes to us from TV. Uh, this one comes in, Bob. I miss hockey so much. Hey, man, we all miss sport. We all miss a lot of different things. Let's go off to a global news, weather, traffic update, more ongoing coverage of the COVID nineteen pandemic with Eileen Bell. And a reminder: at two o'clock today with six thirty chat afternoons with Jalen Nye. Still to come, we're going to talk a little about the Edmonton Eskimos and the Alberta Golden Bears and the Edmonton Oilers. This is Oilers now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.